Welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers, located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. This is episode 78. I am your host, Avdi Grimm. And this week's show is sponsored by James Abbott Design and Development, a one-man operation with a love of Ruby and web standards. James Abbott is keen on collaborating with remote teams on responsive web design projects involving the Ruby stack. To learn more, Go to jamesabbottdd.com slash responsive. And joining me today on the show is Jonathan Mason of VersaPay. Jonathan, thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Fine morning. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's been a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day here as well. Uh, we just got back from a vacation down in uh, Florida. Uh, the whole family went for a week. And uh, it was interesting because we got back and the weather was basically the same as when when we left Florida, uh, you know, 70s, 80s, balmy, breezy. Sounds so great. Wasn't one of those those things where you come back and it's, you know, frigid and raining or something. That was kind of nice. Anyway, Jonathan, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm a senior software developer at VersaPay in Canada. I've got a background in computer science, a master's degree in computer science, actually. Um, and I have worked in the industry for seven or eight years now, I guess, since I graduated. Mostly I've worked remote. I have had a few local jobs, but uh, mostly I've been working on remote teams. Tell me, if you didn't already say it, say it uh, where are you located? I'm located in Victoria, British Columbia, on the west coast of Canada. Cool. Now, um, so you, you say you've mostly worked remote. Has that been just an accident, uh, an accident of location, or has that been intentional? In a way, it's an accident of location. So I came to Victoria to go to UVic, and I was here for seven years over the course of my two degrees, and I decided that I really, really love it here, uh, but there's not a lot of great jobs in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to live here, and I wanted to make more money than the average job here, I suppose, mm-hmm. down to it. Um, but there's just a lot more opportunities in uh, even Vancouver, which I didn't want to live in, but certainly mm-hmm. in Toronto or other major cities in the U.S., there's just a lot more good job opportunities than there in Victoria. But I, right. I'm living here, so that's sort of how it got started. So I love hearing about why people are working remotely, uh, and you said you love work- living in Victoria. Tell me a little bit more about that, about where you are, and what you like about it. What? Okay, so um, it is in Canada which to many Americans means that it's probably covered in snow all the time. But uh, uh, Victoria is a very temperate city. It rains a bit here, uh, quite a bit, I suppose. Um, but we're in the Pacific Northwest, so we're actually really close to Seattle mm-hmm. as, the, as the plane flies. But we actually, because we're set off the coast a little bit on an island, a little bit further away from the mountains, it actually doesn't rain as much here as it does in Seattle or Vancouver. Okay. So it's kind of... It's mild all year round. I actually don't think it's snowed here even one day this winter. Mm. Usually we get a few days of snow, but it only gets down to a few degrees below freezing. Um, and it's the, it's the capital of British Columbia. So there's lots of, uh, there's lots of, uh, like museums and sort of interesting cultural artifacts. Victoria, it's not that common on the East Coast, but Victoria was incorporated as a city before Canada existed. It was like the first city on this side of the country or one oh, of them. Okay. 
So there's a lot more uh, sort of cultural heritage in Victoria than there is in an average West Coast city. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of outdoor activity, hiking, uh, kayaking. You know, we're on, we're on an island. We're at the very south tip of Vancouver Island. It's a fairly large island, but we're the very south tip of it. So there's ocean on three sides of us. And it's it's a beautiful city, but it's kind of a college town. So, you know, people come here, go to school, and then they come back to retire, but they tend to go away in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I like it here. It's uh, lots of lots of nice, nice things to do outside. Lots of museums, lots of, you know, there's gardens and stuff to visit if you just want to sort of, we, we have a lot of tourism, you mm-hmm. know, so sort of like. We sometimes we go out and do the tourist in your own town thing. So it's just it's a beautiful city, temperate mm-hmm. climate. It's also close to my family. My whole family is from Victoria. Okay. So there's lots of good reasons I think to live in Victoria. I really like it here. Mm-hmm. And what do you do among those many activities? What do you like to do when you're not working? When I'm not working, what do I like to do? Um, I like to completely disregard everything that I said and sit inside and play video games. <laughs> Uh, no, as I like, I'm, I'm starting to take up hiking and there's lots of nice, nice places to walk and you can do that pretty much year round here. It really, there's only a few weeks that it's really too cold to go for a hike. I tried to take up kayaking last summer. Didn't work out so well for me, so I probably won't do that one again. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's been, I've been trying to experience more of that, you know, mostly I just like that even in February, sometimes I'll wake up. And it'll be nice and sunny outside, and I can just go for a walk mm-hmm. and look at the ocean. Yeah, that's great. That sounds lovely. And I like that. Uh, I like that salt air smell. You know. Yeah, absolutely. When you're not sn- smelling the salt air, uh, you are a programmer, right? Yep, senior software developer. I think is my official title. Okay. And uh, you work for for VersaPay. What? Uh, just briefly, what is VersaPay? Uh, VersaPay is an online. Uh, financial transactions processor. So we do mostly business to business stuff, but sort mm-hmm. of like in the, I'm sure our salespeople would hate it if I said this, but it, it in a lot of ways, we're kind of like PayPal. Gotcha. Um, we have a different focus, like the kinds of transactions and the kinds of business that we go after are a little bit different, mm-hmm. but at the really low level, we move money between credit cards and bank accounts. Gotcha. And mostly right now we're in Canada, but we are in the process of expanding into the U.S., Mm-hmm. Now, the team itself, uh, is that pretty s- spread around? Oh, yeah. There's one other guy on Vancouver Island like myself, but he's mm-hmm. uh, about two hours north of me by car. So uh, he's not exactly right next door. There is Stephen, our sort of team leader, is on the east coast of Canada. He's actually a whole time zone further east than the United States has. So he's four hours from me, time zone-wise. And we have another guy in Toronto. And until fairly recently, we had a couple of guys in Vancouver. Hmm. So we're spread. No one, sort of nowhere, nowhere in the middle, in sort of the Canadian equivalents of the flyover states. <laughs> but we had East Coast, West Coast, and Toronto. Uh huh. And uh, all in all, about how many people is that? Um, right now, the dev team is actually only four. Okay. Um, it was six plus a designer, uh, not too long ago. We're having a, a bit of staff turnover in the last six months or so. Okay. So tell me about the, the work process since you're all spread around. What is a day in the life at VersaPay like? Okay. So we have stand-up in 12 minutes, actually. We have stand-up at 1030 Pacific. Uh, stand-up is just a Skype call. So everyone gets on the Skype. We have a group Skype call, and we discuss, you, you know, we, we try to keep it really 
really tight to the traditional stand-up. This is what I'm working on today. These are the people I might help from. And just we have that one really tight little focused point where everyone's together, everyone's talking, just to make sure that we're all basically on the same page. Okay. And then we have other text-based communication tools. Like uh, we use HipChat right now, but we've considered Campfire and even just IRC would probably work, you know, to keep sort of keep tabs of each other throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And we organize our work uh, via Trello with uh, story story cards, story cards in the Trello, and then we can discuss them on HipChat or by person or Skype. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the basic structure. Mm-hmm. But then quite often, you know, it's like we'll be talking about something on HipChat or there'll be a story card I want to talk about. So we'll just pull up Skype. It's, it's a little bit ad hoc. Mm-hmm. But because our whole team is remote, there's not like a couple of us remote and a couple of us in the office where we sort of miss out on them. Or our whole dev team is anyway. They do have an office for some of okay. them. I find it's really people just sort of like, hey, Steven, hey, Jamie, let's have a Skype call. We need to discuss this issue. So we all mm-hmm. just get Skype and sort of like so, – sort of like I imagine – Virtually walking down the hall in the office and, you know, knock on someone's door and you know, mm. sit together and talk about this. We just do it by Skype. And are you all usually, like, tuned in? Like, is there a good chance that you'll see that? Yes. Pretty good. We do have to be a little bit careful to make sure that whenever we're not available, we make a point of telling everyone. Because the one thing, it is kind of easy to just get up and wander away from your desk for a while and then not be there and no one knows why. Right. So we do have to sort of make a point of saying, like I said in HipChat this morning, about an hour ago, you know, I have this interview for Y Teams. I'm going to be not available for an hour and a half or mm-hmm. something. You know, that's where I'll be. So other than that, occasionally um, people accidentally forgetting, I find that it, it is pretty good. And our team, as I say, because all the devs are remote, we're all sort of on the same footing. So we're all pretty good about saying, I have this doctor's appointment at this time. I'll be gone for these hours, whatever it is. We do have to be sure that we say that kind of stuff. But I find that the team is pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And then you can just sort of, you know, these guys are available. Oh, that guy's not available. We'll have to do this later. Mm-hmm. We, we don't find the communication uh, to be too difficult, I, I think. Cool. So, I mean, it sounds like you're handling this pretty well. As a team, uh, have you run into any challenges or stumbling blocks um, with the remote process, or is it all pretty much, you know, fallen into place easily? We we have had one one of the major challenges that we do have is not we're getting better. I mean, we learn about this every day, but not using Trello quite as much. We've been in the last month or so, we've been really strict about everything must be somewhere in Trello, or it's not going to get done. Mm-hmm. Because what you'll have is you'll have, it'll seem like a small issue and one of our customer support people or whatever will talk to one developer and be like, this seems like a small issue. Can you just do this thing for me? Mm-hmm. And then none of the rest of the team has any visibility into that issue. Right. Okay. So we've been trying really hard to keep. So you'll have a developer that's off like working on, on an issue that maybe it turns out not to be so small. And that's exactly. Right. And, and nobody knows what they're up to. Exactly. And so, I mean, sometimes for me, it'll be like, you know, Steven's the, Steven's the team lead. So technically it's his responsibility. And he'll come and say like, uh, why isn't this feature done? I thought you said that it was going to be done by Friday. Well, I've been off doing this other thing and he didn't know because it was just a private chat between me and one of our other, uh, sales or customer support people. And he had no visibility into that issue. Right. So we have had to have some discipline on keep all the work-related chat public, mm-hmm. keep everything, make sure everything's in 
in a ticket somewhere so that we can really have clear visibility into what's going on. Right, right. It seems like that's something that could come up whether you're you're co-located or distributed. I, mean, I, guess, I guess the difference is that if if you were all in an office and you know somebody from customer support actually you know walked in and said, "Hey, can you can you work on this?" then others might overhear that. I think you're probably right actually. The only real significant jobs I've had where we were co-located, mm-hmm. um, the dev teams didn't have individual offices. So okay, yeah. One big developer, we called it the playpen for a while. <laughs> So all the developers were together. So you could, the developers would just know when other people were coming through, through the area, you know? Mm-hmm. But certainly if you had a bunch of developers in individual offices, there would be nothing, I don't think, to stop a customer support or salesperson from walking into one of the developers' offices and sidelining them without anyone else on the team knowing. So that could be, you know, just a general, that could be a general workflow problem. Yeah. It's not specific to remote work. Right. But yeah, it's interesting. Do you have them pipe up in your HipChat room now or? Yes, that's sort of been our, our, the, the effort. Our direction has been to move everything work related, move it into the public hip chat channel. Mm-hmm. So even if it seems like something that most of the team isn't going to care about. Yeah. Have that discussion in public instead of in a private chat. Mm-hmm. Even if it's really just those two people, if it's work related, keep it yeah. in the channel. That's a really good point. That's something I think I've, I've discussed with a few other people on this show is, you know, it's just, it's important to have a, a truly public forum yeah. uh, for your distributed team uh, where, you know, where you can have sort of serendipitous overhearing in a sense and you don't have these little conversations that are sort of, you know, invisible and lost. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the big thing is the invisible and lost conversations. And I mean, it's there was a fairly concrete example about that. I did a bunch of doesn't matter what it was, but there's a small task, fairly repetitive, fairly straightforward that I did a whole bunch of, mm-hmm. but I did it all in private. And then mm-hmm. we need someone else to take over doing that task mm-hmm. and do nothing about it. Right. So if I'd been having that discussion publicly, he would already have been able, he would already had some just sort of knowledge by osmosis just because that conversation had been going on publicly and he would have seen it come up a dozen times, you know, and it would have given them some clue like, okay, this is something that needs to be done repetitively. Uh, people other than John should know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm gone for a week and other people have to take it over. And well, because all those conversations took place in private, no one knows. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard. Like it, it's not a big steep learning curve. It's just one of those things that if this had been going on in public, it's a simple enough thing that basically everyone would know how to do it just because it was going on in public all the time. Right. So it, it sounds like, you know, while there might be some downside to having lots of people talking about lots of different things in, in the chat room. Uh, you know, that are unrelated to each other. It sounds like there's a bigger downside to, uh, to not having them do that. I think that's true. So you, um, let's see, you're spread across four time zones. Do you ever see each other in person? Yep. Virtually used to have a Vancouver office in the early days. We would go over there. In those times, Stephen was actually located on Vancouver Island as well, although not in the same city as either of the two of us that are still here. So we were in three different cities on the island. Um, and they had a Vancouver office and we had the Vancouver staff. So we would have group meetings over in Vancouver. I think I would say about once every two months, we would get together for a day or two. Uh, these days we've sort of continued that. Um, Stephen and I flew to Toronto in March, hung out at the office for two days. We did it because we wanted to go to TSUG actually, but, uh, which is what, uh, the Toronto small talk users group. Oh, okay. Stephen and I went to, went to TSUG and we presented something about what we're doing there. Mm-hmm. We're sort of, 
under the covers, we're doing a little bit of small talk and we wanted to go to that. So we rolled it into an office day and we went to visit the office and get a bit of the sort of social aspect, I think. Mm-hmm. Steven and I find that we don't really get a particularly huge amount of work done when we visit the office, but it does give us a chance to go out for beers with the boss and that sort of stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. So that sort of not directly work stuff, but sort of the social uh, around work kind of thing. Like we were going to go to the Christmas party. We ended up not for some reason or another, but we were going to go to Toronto to go to the Christmas party. Yeah. Those sort of things. So we visit once in a while. I think we'd probably stick in around the once every two months or so. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, for uh, listeners who are wondering, um, the, the Stephen Baker who keeps coming up is, uh, some, is another person that I interviewed on this show back in episode 54. Right. I guess I should have, we should have made that clear. <laughs> well, now you have. Good. Now I have. All right. Well, um, before we draw things to a close, Jonathan, do you have any other notes that, you know, anything we didn't touch on, interesting things about working remotely? Um, that I can do it in my pajamas. <laughs> That's no always shirt, nice. No shirts and ties for me. That's always nice. Yeah. No, I think we, we covered the main things that I see about it. I mean, like I say, mainly I do it because I want to live here and I'm not happy with the job selection that I have here. So yeah. flexibility to go after the best jobs that I can and live where I want to live. Have your cake and eat it too. Pretty much. All right. Well, Jonathan, where can people find out more about you online? I'm on Twitter, Snarf Mason. Also on GitHub. I think my Twitter handle is going to appear on the post with this. Also, same as my GitHub. I do have a blog, but I almost never post. Um, at some point, I'm going to start posting on my blog. I have a few half-written articles that I need to finish and do that. Um, I'll probably link those from my Twitter, so they can just they can just go find me on Twitter. It's probably the best thing. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And that's our show. I'd like to once again thank our sponsor, James Abbott Design and Development, for making this episode possible. Check out jamesabbottdd.com slash responsive for more info. The Wide Teams podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Our music is by Giles Bouquet. Until next week, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wide Teams.